Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for joining us. As we finish up with last weekend's big Super Bowl event, now the next major event on the sporting calendar is the NBA All-Star Game, which takes place on Sunday the 20th, and it takes place here in Cleveland at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Here to talk, us, talk to us about that game and all the events surrounding it is Len Komorowski. Len is the CEO of the Cleveland Cavaliers, as well as Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and the Rocket Entertainment Group. Len, thanks for being with us today. Dan, thanks for having me, and what an exciting time for Cleveland. So we're, we're thrilled to be here and and uh, to help shine a spotlight uh, on Cleveland for the world. We're going to spend most of our discussion talking about the All-Star Game, but we do have to talk about the Cavs, the surprise team of the NBA. We had a preseason podcast with Scott Sattel, one of our editors, and he told me that Las Vegas had pegged the Cavs at winning 27 and a half games this year. We probably should have bet the over. Are you surprised? I know you expect them to be good, but are you surprised at how well they've played this year? You know, uh, well, first of all, uh, our... um General Manager Kobe Altman and President of Basketball Operations Kobe Altman and our our head coach J.B. Bickerstaff have just been doing an unbelievable job, and it has been a process of rebuilding. If you look at the the many picks that have taken place from Darius Garland and Isaac Okoro, and and obviously now with Evan Mobley and and just uh, and and the amount of young talent that we have and picking up Jared Allen and Lowry Markkinen and. And how this whole group has come together, along with just the incredible efforts of Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond uh, as veterans. But everybody's bought in uh, to the the uh, formula that JB's been working with. And as we have heard over and over again from our fans, just the excitement about how fun it is to watch this group, how hard they play, how they play the right way, uh, how they play defense, they, that extra pass, all those aspects together. And... Uh, to, to say that we expected to take a step, uh, and certainly our chairman, Dan Gilbert, has been incredibly supportive to take a step. We did expect to take a step. I don't know if anyone could have projected that we would have taken this far of a step this quickly. And there's still a lot of season left to be played. Uh, but, you know, certainly it's been incredibly encouraging to watch that. And the response has been phenomenal, uh, just based on not only what we're seeing on the court, but think fans just loving how this group, just the joy they play with and how they genuinely uh, appear to love each other, and which they do. And on top of that, how they feed off of the energy of the fans, which they cite over and over again. Sometimes in the NBA, when people say, oh, they play really well as a team, it's a backhanded compliment that they don't have stars. But the Cavs seem to have both. I watched Evan Mobley in the tournament when he played for UC, USC, and I'm like, man, guys, this guy is good. Um I don't want to put the jinx on him, but do you think he's got a good shot for rookie of the year? Well, I, I would say this. I, I think, you know, he's already been rookie of the month uh, once and uh, he's performing at such a high level. He, he doesn't play like a rookie. He plays like a veteran and uh, he, he's uh, uh, basically been unflappable. No matter what the circumstance, the situation, the pressure, uh, he just seems to, uh, it seems to just roll off his back and he continues to perform and execute. So, uh, you know, it's, it's again, we're we're still at a point where we have, uh, even at this juncture, you know, a, a number of games to go. We'll have over 20 games to go as we come out of uh, All-Star break and uh, a sprint to go to the finish. But, you know, Evan's been a, a, a mainstay, a corner cornerstone to this team. Uh, he's been one of the huge difference makers from a defensive end. Forget about everything he's doing offensively, but he and Jared Allen together 
are incredibly formidable relative to protecting the paint. And when you look at uh, shots blocked and shots altered, uh, they're amongst the league leaders in that realm. So it's really changed the dynamic of, uh, of the game. And uh, again, uh, doesn't perform anything like a rookie. He's, he's performing like a veteran. It's always great when the All-Star game, the team, home team has a player. We're excited to see Darius Garland participate as an All-Star this year. Is, this a, is he a good lesson for fans to be patient sometimes? His first year was a little rocky. He was a rookie. But man, has he come on. Well, it's just like anything else, right? You're, you're talking about uh, whether it be uh, us in our jobs, right, or anyone else where you're going from one level to the next and going from the collegiate world to the NBA and then starting for an NBA team, whether it be at age 19, 20, or whatever that is, is a, a cr- incredibly big step. And Darius is a, a great example of someone who's come in, worked incredibly hard, uh, continued to stay patient with his game, work on his game, and develop. And uh, again, been given the leadership and the development of, of, of JB and his team, working with him uh, and, and being put in a position to be successful. And, you know, you look at Colin Sexton and, and working with Colin and, and how they've worked and meshed even together in the, in, in the past. And Colin's obviously out with an injury right now. But all, all the young talent we have in this team uh, and Darius now is stepping up that to take that next step. I think the one challenge that uh, Kobe and JB had put to Darius was about even being more comfortable to take even on a greater leadership role, which he has thoroughly embraced. And you've seen that really develop here where. Uh, when Darius is in the lineup, he elevates everybody's game. He and that's the 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 true, uh, I guess the true, if you want to say definition of leadership, how you can elevate everyone around you, and that's where he has really uh, really started to blossom and grow this year as well. And the the fortunate part about it is the rest of the NBA world has noticed, and hence you know Darius is a uh, an all star, and there was even. Uh, it was it was fun to watch the draft, uh, the, the the team draft between LeBron and Kevin Durant, and almost the fighting over Darius to have them on their respective teams. So it just speaks to uh, how the how he's viewed by the rest of the league and by his peers. If I remember correctly, let's get to the All Star game. I think the last time Cleveland hosted the All Star game was 1977. Does that sound right? It was like the 50th anniversary. Yeah, ni- yeah 1997. So oh, 97, sorry, 1997, s- not 77. Yes, 97. That was our second All Star game. So this is our third. Third All Star game. So what does it take to get the game? How far in advance do you start trying to be the city that's going to host the game? Well, well, first of all, uh, Dan, it's it's a process. That t- it's it's typically several years out. So you'll have cycles of games that are uh, awarded, uh, and typically in in years two to two or three at a time. And teams will go through a bidding process. The league will contact the teams asking if they would like to submit a bid. Which, as you can imagine, the majority of teams are constantly uh, working to submit bids. And to give you further context there as well. We still have a number of teams who have yet to host one, and uh, that's that's a uh, uh, it speaks incredibly well for Cleveland. In our case, uh, a, a key element of that was the transformation of the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. We had been to a point where we have, as we know, a, a great viewing experience in our bowl, but we had a number of challenges with our building from an operational end. So when you think about ingress, getting in or leaving the building, and it used to be people on a day, you know, with like our winter weather here today, we're waiting outside for 
interminable amounts of time just trying to get in the building. We had very small vestibules where people would come in and get processed as far as taking tickets. We had very limited public space, so we had tight, tight and crowded concourses uh, where it was like a cattle call in there. We had no neighborhoods where people could gather, so your food and beverage experience was you know, uh, finding the top of a trash can, a wall, or eating back in your seat. We had poor wayfinding, getting around the building. You know, so there was a lot of ills. And we had the least amount of public square footage of any comparable building in our league. And now we flipped that on its ear, right? So now we have the most, amongst the most public square footage, we have nine neighborhoods and destinations. We have an incredible ingress and egress experience uh, for processing fans. Uh, our, our, our wayfinding system is so much better. We've digitized the full building. Before we weren't connected to downtown. Now we're like, going to look out the window and it's huge glass wall and see downtown. And we can actually morph the building to reflect the character of whatever the event is, whether it be All-Star Weekend, the Rock Hall Inductions, Cavs Game, Monsters, the MAC Tournament, you name it. And so that was a key consideration of the league is to be able to be in the hunt we would need to have made that happen to be competitive with our peers. So that happened. And then we went through an extensive process with David Gilbert and his team with the sports commission who do just such a phenomenal job in uh, working within the community and, and mounted a, a bid in conjunction through the sports commission uh, for this competed with at that point, initial round was over 15 or 15 teams who were vying for these games and went through the process and our, the, uh, the combination of the transformation of Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, the, the drastic, drastically improved hospitality landscape of Cleveland. So when you think about how, and I, I recall back a political convention back in 2006, we were runner up for getting a political convention. And uh, one of the issues was we didn't have, you know, relative to the hotels, we didn't have the, the hotel number of beds, nor did we have a headquarters hotel and uh, that flipped on its ear when we had the convention here in 16. So we went up from 2,700 beds in downtown at that point to 5,200, almost doubling, and then adding the Hilton on the landscape, which is by definition a headquarters hotel, which means over 500 beds in one location. It turned us into a marketplace that could compete for these type of major events, have the hospitality infrastructure to be able to do so, and do it from a position of strength rather than having the jerry rig all these different types of ways to uh, uh, address our shortcomings. So you, you couple that with a very walkable, compact downtown, an incredible foodie scene in restu restaurants, and, uh, and, and the number of the array of incredible assets we have, whether it be the Rock Hall, the Museum of Art, or otherwise. And it's a pretty powerful package. And fortunately, the NBA agreed, and uh, we ended up with, uh, with where we are today. Certainly, it's been a rough time, although things have improved over the last year for the downtown restaurants and the hotels. What are you hearing from them about this weekend and their thoughts about what kind of business they're going to do? Well, the thing about it is, is you're, we're going to have over 40,000 visitors come to Cleveland. And you're going to have uh, effectively all the hotels booked. You're going you're to have a number of, uh, in addition to all the league events and all the league, league activities, there are going to be a number of private events. You'll have upwards of 400 private events that will take place with different companies, groups, otherwise, and they'll be hosting those at, you know, at, at, whether it be at restaurants or conference centers or other facilities of that nature. 
all throughout the area. So uh, there's a lot of excitement as it relates to that. You're going to have a lot of people coming in, staying at our hotels, visiting our restaurants and, and, and take, partaking of those, uh, seeing a number of the uh, museums and other activities we have because you're here, you're engaging in, in, in the city as well in addition to the NBA level of activity. So there's a tremendous amount of excitement relative to that. And the timing is moving in a good direction as we're starting to emerge a bit from the pandemic and people are, are starting to feel more optimistic about as we go forward here. And on top of that, you know, our weather is starting to trend a little bit better too. Hopefully, uh, knock on wood, that that <laughs> that uh, holds true as we get through All-Star Weekend. But uh, the combination, it really is, uh, uh, you know, an exciting one. And the one thing I will, uh, you know, will say too is the NBA has gone out of its way to uh, make sure that this is something that works great for Cleveland, puts Cleveland in a spotlight, impacts Cleveland businesses. So it's been uh, it's been a great partnership working with them and the Sports Commission and, you know, the city and county and, and the state and all of our public partners as well. Lynn Komorowski joins us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. By the way, March 15th, Lynn and David Gilbert from the Sports Commission will be joining our sports reporter, Joe Scalzo, with the Downtown Marriott for the Cranes Sports Forum. You can find out more about that by visiting our website at cranescleveland.com. Lynn, when you have these big events, there are extra costs incurred for things like additional security and EMS. How does that work? Do, do the, are there people pooling money together to help pay for that? Well, uh, yes. Well, first of all, Dan, thanks for that question. And yes, it takes it takes quite a bit. Uh, and this is really, uh, again, hearkening uh, back to my comments about David Gilbert and the Sports Commission. They've shown incredible leadership in terms of weaving together a series of just major, major events. So when you think about Major League Baseball's All-Star Game, when you think about the NFL draft, when you look at NBA All-Star Weekend, when you have the women's final four coming up as well at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, all those together are mammoth events that impact our community. And with that and through the Velocity campaign, uh, there was a, uh, a, a fundraising effort that really was embodied through the private sector uh, to be able to help raise funds, to be able to help execute and, and, take, and make these events happen. And with each of these respective events, they generate huge economic impact. So when you think about the NBA All-Star Weekend, it will generate in excess of $100 million, $100 million in economic impact, not to mention an additional $50 million in terms of media impact on our community. And a big part of that will be tax impacts as well. So when you think about our building alone and the activity here with these ticketed events, you're looking at over a million dollars just in admissions tax alone. So uh, when you think about the 8% uh, admissions tax. And so there uh, will be some additional impact. You know, it's been an effort amongst all of us to mitigate the impact financially on the, uh, on the city and from our public partners end. There will be some increment that will be, uh, be borne by them. But again, there's been a, a large portion of this is being shouldered through the private sector. And then above and beyond that, what we can say is, just even the, if I just point to one uh, tax, that's the admissions tax, let alone the parking tax and sales tax and all the other taxes that are, uh, are here in the community that benefit the public sector as well. Uh, but uh, that 
that the, the, just using that one alone is is significantly greater than any uh, delta or incremental expenditure that would be incurred from that perspective. The main event is, of course, Sunday the 20th with the All-Star Game. There are events surrounding that that will take place at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. But I know that you've come together with Destination Cleveland, the Downtown Cleveland Alliance, to work on some uh, diversity initiatives that are also surrounding this game. One that actually happened in September I th- that, that's actually playing a role now. Well, you know, it's been, first of all, those have been uh, a labor of love for our group. We have a, a, a terrific uh, leader in our DEI space with Kevin Clayton. And this is, again, this is an area that our league has taken a leadership position on a global scale about uh, creating equitable opportunities for uh, all from a, from a diverse and inclusive perspective. And so we've had a number of activities around that. And I think the league has taken it from a standpoint, too, of we're going to be investing dollars in your community. How do we maximize and optimize that to make sure it is as diverse and inclusive in terms of those expenditures? And again, working with great partners like the Sports Commission, like the Downtown Cleveland Alliance and others, it's been uh, it's really been uh, 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 just one of the the highlights of, of what's been taking place. So we had a supplier supplier diversity forum back in September of, of 2021, and that was a matchmaking event and provided black and other minority owned businesses opportunities to meet, interact with the cabs, with the NBA partners in areas of transportation, event production, security, catering, staffing, and more. Uh, we also have uh, an NBA all-star rewards program. Again, this was something the league had come forth with and we were able to uh, build off of that with David Gilbert and his team about what had been done with prior events, such as the NFL draft and uh, over 200 participating businesses, 73% are at least 51% owned, operated or controlled by one or more members of a diverse category. So 49% of those were minority owned, whether it be black, Hispanic, Native American, Asian American, Arab American, 49% owned uh, women owned, 5% LB, LGBTQ owned, 4% veteran owned. And so uh, just an incredible array of uh, uh, investment in our community as a whole. Uh, we also have, if you want to talk about peak on peak, where you look at uh, different events and activities. So at Tower City, which is more or less a hub for our community on so many different fronts, uh, we'll have uh, over the uh, on the 19th and 20th at Tower City, the Real Black Friday All Star Business Expo will take place. So you'll have live entertainment, vendors, food, and special guests, uh, and it's a free community-owned community event for the entire family. Uh, so we have over 175 participating vendors with a spending goal of raising at least 500,000 in one day. So there's this has been looked at from so many different levels. And we're really proud to be part of a league that is, you know, looking at this from the aspect of how do we make uh, how do we make an impact in Cleveland um, overall? And there's even I'm, I'm just touching about it, uh, touching on it really from a business perspective. That's not even to mention the investments the league's making from a social responsibility and community relations end as well. I always love 
in the summertime when Tri-C Jazz Fest, they have their major concerts indoors at the Playhouse Square, but then they also have this big outside uh, arena where people, or I should say tent set up where people can hear music for free. It's great that not everybody can afford a ticket to the All-Star Game and not everybody can land one if they could. So the community can participate in, in these events without actually going to the game. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, no, and and there's a there's a host of events. Uh, I know everybody is uh, gets fixated on the game itself on Sunday and then All Star Saturday, uh, but there are just a incredible number of events. And again, this was the league looking at it from the lens of how do we create a platform that enables a a large number of people that people throughout the community can reach out and touch All Star and be part of All Star. So. Uh, there's a, you know, if you have NBA crossover, which provides fans the opportunity to experience this intersection of culture and basketball and fashion and art and technology. Uh, and, uh, that'll be at public hall and events, you know, tickets there start just at $30 and you can purchase those through the NBA events app or at nbaevents.com. Uh, we also have the, uh, HBCU classic, uh, which is, uh, being presented by AT&T. And it's a brand new event. The, the league has never had this before. It's being held on Saturday at the Wolstein Center and featuring Morgan State versus Howard University. Again, you can go through NBA Events app or NBAevents.com as far as tickets go, but reasonably priced there. We also have other events such as the um, NBA All-Star Practice uh, at the Wolstein Center, the uh, Ruffles NBA All-Star Celebrity Game at the Wolstein Center. Uh, then there's the also the NBA G League Next Gem Game at the Wolstein Center, which will feature our own Cleveland Charge and um, and Team McKnight, which will probably have several of the top lottery pick players as part of that uh, team that plays in the G League too. Uh, and so and also the Rising Stars Game on on Friday at uh, here at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. And then then there's events uh, that are in the case of like the the uh, Ice Buckets, the NBA All Star Ice Buckets Challenge which is also a tower city, which is free to participate in as well. So where you can win prizes and, and, uh, and tickets and more. So there's a, a ton of different events. Uh, there's uh, also the, uh, uh, the power sports summit, which is being hosted through uh, our, uh, our friends at the sports commission who just do an absolutely terrific job with that. Uh, you can register through clevelandsports.org for that. That's a free event. Uh, and that'll take place, you know, throughout the weekend at the the uh, the Cleveland uh, at the at the Cleveland Metropolitan Conference Center. So it's uh, there's there's a lot going on. Uh, that's not to mention the number of unofficial events that are taking place being put on by different league partners and otherwise where where people can engage. So it will be a festival of basketball and one that if uh, anyone out there in the greater Cleveland area or beyond wants to find a way to be engaged, there'll be more than enough opportunities for them to, to do so. Well, let's really quickly touch on one other event, which is a major thing that happens before the All-Star Game, which is on the Saturday before, which is the skills competition. I, people love the dunk contest and, and that kind of stuff. It's amazing the popularity of that. That's almost gets close to the popularity of the game itself. Yeah, no, the, the, the skills competition, if you look at uh, All-Star Saturday, so we're really blessed there to have um, well, really blessed throughout the weekend to have incredible participation with Cleveland. So starting with the Rising Stars game, which really features the, the top first and second year players in the league on Friday night, uh, we'll be at Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse. We'll have Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley. We're talking okay. about Evan, but also earlier, but but Isaac as well will be representing 
uh, Cleveland, and they'll be on the same team. So Rick Barry's coaching a team. So we'll have you can you don't have to split your allegiance. You can root for for Team Barry on Friday night, and then on uh, All Star Saturday with the uh, you mentioned about the Skills Challenge. We have the three point sh- shooting contest. You have the slam dunk competition, but they'll have a little bit different format this year. There'll be three different teams in the Skills Challenge, and one of them is a Cleveland team. So we'll have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland who'll be representing Cleveland as one of the three teams as part of that. And then on Sunday with uh, Darius Garland being able to represent as well. So we're really represented Friday, Saturday, Sunday throughout the core of the key events uh, at All-Star Weekend. And it's going to be, you know, a tremendous opportunity to see this amazing young talent, up and coming talent on display with the best in the world. And I think that that's probably the most encouraging thing for our fans out there is, you know, we're we're we've arrived uh, in terms of actually having players who are part and parcel of uh, every one of these major events uh, and how that's come to fruition here uh, manifested itself this year. And especially, you know, where the, where we are standing right now as a team as one of the, the more, you know, the top teams in the Eastern conference right now and, and, and ready for uh, a pretty, pretty powerful stretch run here. Len, thanks so much for joining us today. Sounds like an exciting weekend. We want to have you back in a few weeks so we can talk about how to get playoff tickets for the Cavs, I hope, is going to be our, our target of conversation. Well, Dan, thank you. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. One, one thing I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, and again, this is just speaking on behalf of our friends at the league, but uh, they're investing over $3 million into being contributed to the greater Cleveland and HBCU communities through their efforts. So when you think about, uh, you, you, you heard about uh, Team LeBron and Team Durant, uh, they're each playing for upwards of a million dollars that would be invested in Northeast Ohio. So the Greater Cleveland Food Bank will be one beneficiary through Team Durant with uh, Team LeBron. The uh, Kent State, I promise, uh, scholarship fund is a beneficiary there. We have uh, a legacy event that's taking place in terms of uh, looking at one of the key community centers throughout here as well. Uh, There's also a series of grants and then also uh, also investments in these HBCUs and, and more. So up all told being over $3 million being uh, invested in the community through the NBA, just from a social responsibility. And that's beyond everything we talked about from an economic impact and, and, and investing in uh, our, our those minority and diverse businesses we've talked about too. So just wanted to make sure that that was noted as well, because uh, it's incredible that the league looks at this as how do we leave a legacy after the game leaves and be part of, uh, um, you know, a, a very, very um, uplifting and an event that has much more staying power beyond what happens this weekend. Sounds great. Lem Kowalski, thanks for joining us today. Great pleasure having you on the landscape. Thank you, Dan. Don't forget the NBA All-Star Game. All the events take place Friday through Sunday with the game being Sunday night. You can find out more by visiting cranescleveland.com. We have a lot of information about the All-Star Game. And there's also that uh, sports forum we're going to be holding on March 15th with Len and David Gilbert. I'll be there with our sports reporter, Joe Scalzo. We thank you for joining us for The Landscape. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks again. And we'll talk again soon.